Welcome to another Co-op Conversations podcast episode. Each episode features different guests living in housing cooperatives in various parts of the world. Through these conversations, you'll learn more about life in a housing cooperative for children, teenagers, parents, and seniors. In one episode, we take a slightly different approach and we talk to Brenda Torpy from Burlington, Vermont, who is a longtime champion of the community land trust model, a land ownership model that some housing co-ops also use. I'm Julie LaPalm, Secretary General of Cooperative Housing International, or CHI. I deliver CHI's work program, which includes communications, education, and knowledge sharing, governance, and collaborations. Cooperative Housing International is one of the sectoral organizations of the International Cooperative Alliance, which is the global apex body representing all cooperatives. CHI raises awareness about cooperative housing by promoting its successes on a global level. We also facilitate networking opportunities via knowledge sharing events. If you go to our first podcast episode, we explain housing cooperatives. If you want to learn more about the different types of housing cooperatives or find out more about the work we do, please head over to our website at housinginternational.coop. So cooperative housing has been around since the late 19th century. In spite of how long they've been around, few people seem to know about co-op housing or understand the benefits of this housing arrangement or how it works. Housing co-ops are communities managed by its members and dedicated to providing affordable, safe and welcoming neighborhoods for members and their children. Today, we talked to Emma Lieber, a parent who just recently moved into a housing co-op in Carlow, Ireland. Uh, it's a housing co-op that was developed by Cooperative Housing Ireland. And so Emma's going to tell us more about, about the co-op. So Emma, thank you for joining us today. Can you describe your housing co-op? Like, is it a house or apartment? Uh, you know, where is it located? Things like that. Well, I'm living in, in Carlow, which is the southeast of Ireland. Uh, we're about 40, 50 minutes drive from Dublin city centre. Um, I'm after receiving a three-bedroom semi-detached house, which is in a little estate. It's a cooperative estate, but it's built in a private housing estate. Um, when I got the keys back in January, there was 20 houses, which were two to three bedrooms, and two apartments, which were two-bedroom apartments that were giving out on the day. Um, we have a lovely big back garden. It's a nice family size. Um, we are local to everywhere. Um, my daughter is in primary school, which is about 10 minutes walk from here with a local church, shopping malls and um, takeaways. Any, we're actually flat bang in the middle of everything inside in Carlow Town. And how did you learn about housing cooperatives? Well, we were originally with um, the rental accommodation scheme, which is called the RAL scheme in Carlow. We paid the rent to the Carlow County Council and council paid the rent to the private landlord. So since 2016, had, we, were at the, we were the victims of um, a bit of antisocial behaviour with our next door neighbour in the previous place that we lived. So we, had, we got onto Carlow County Council to put us on a waiting list to get moved. So it's from Carlow County Council that we had learned of the cooperative housing. I see. So what are the differences between where you were living before and where you're living now? Well, where we're living now, we have um, the feeling of security and safety. 
in the previous place that we lived when we were on the rental accommodation scheme the, the private landlord could have sold up at any time so it was a case of whereas here we have our forever home where we have safety and we have security that this can be our forever home yeah that's uh that's something that we we promote uh, quite a bit is the the security of tenure aspect of of yeah. housing and like the only reason you would be asked to leave you know or be evicted would be if you know social behavior, social like behavior or you know like you're breaking the rules you know that the housing co-op has has established and the, and the best part of the the cooperative is that we had explained to the co the, the cooperative housing that we were the victims you know of antisocial behavior and that we had put up with it for four to five years and they had they put it there on day one it is not tolerated it's not accepted that all you have to do is pay your rent be good or leave you know which mm -hmm. is perfect for us because it is a safety net you know and is security right and so the the private landlord where where you were renting before was tolerant of, of this antisocial behavior well, you see, the, the problem was he was a low, he he was a great landlord. He was a good guy. He'd done everything that he could do for us. It was just that the, the, the two guys that lived next door, one of them was a homeowner. The, the two of them were brothers. So like the Gardaí, which is the police, they, they were involved. The council was involved and every, everything. But you cannot get somebody to evict their own sibling or family member from a house. So they were the homeowners, whereas we were only renters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was that was the situation. Even though we always paid our rent, our landlord was very happy with us. We painted and we decorated the house and everything. He, he never had a problem with us. It was just for the case that no one can get a family member to get their family member out of the house. So that's where we were at a loss. It was like either we have to go or stay here and put up with it. Mm -hmm. Right. And like having a child, like my, my daughter is six years old and she had to listen to that too, you know, where she was scared and she was upset and, you know, and it was, it was getting to the stage where she wanted to sleep in the bed with me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that, uh, that you got out of there. Yeah, me too. It's like so, a weight lifted off all our shoulders. Yeah. And you lived there for four years, you said? No, I was actually living there since 2012. 2012, okay, so. um, April 2012, and the problem started happening in 2016. Okay. So we were actually there nearly nine years, which which was kind of sad in a way because it was our home. My daughter was born there. It was everything that she only knew, you know? Yeah. So so how's your daughter enjoying living in, in the housing co-op then? She absolutely loves it because a lot of people that got the houses um, here, um, their, their kids go to the same school as my daughter. So they're either a, a year or two above her. So it's great because she sees the kids, you know, all in the same uniforms. And there's actually, there's actually one child across the road that is actually in her class. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it couldn't have worked out any better for us. So, so far, can you talk about like some of the other benefits to children and families in general of living in, in a housing cooperative? Yeah, well, every like everyone that's living here, like we we've met a few of the neighbors. Like I actually, the the people living next door, I actually used to work with him a, a few years back. Mm. Um, everyone seems really nice and friendly. Everyone kind of wants to get to know each other, but due to COVID and things like that, we're kind of restricted at the minute. But um, everyone seems really happy, secure. It's a safe area. 
you know, there's a green right outside my door where you, if my daughter went over to the green, you can see her. There's no danger or anything like that. Sounds pretty ideal with a school nearby and, and a park yeah. across the way. That's uh, pretty ideal everything, for, for everything a child. Is actually, everything is so close. Right. And then so for, for a parent, you know, raising a family, it, it gives you peace of mind as well. Yeah. And it's just, you know, having that security and that safety net, you know, of everything just being in perfect situations, you know, and you have your troubles, you don't have them anymore. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's really important to to raise children in, in a secure and stable environment. Uh, so it's nice that uh, that you had that uh, that opportunity. Like, like I've, I've spoken to a few of the families that um, actually moved in here. And everyone kind of had, you know, kind of the same background of kind of, you know, like antisocial behavior and everything. Everyone kind of came here, you know, like it's kind of like a break, you know, like this is a, this is actually after making everybody that they mm-hmm. they were in a bad situation before. And you're after getting this house in this lovely area and everyone is just, you know, they're tired from the previous place that they lived in. And it's just now everyone kind of picking themselves back up, you know? Yeah. It's like a new beginning. It's a fresh start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. And, you know, when you when you've experienced a bad living situation and then then you're living in a good one, then, you know, you know what what it takes to to make it work. Yeah. 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 So because your co-op is so new, there isn't a a board of directors or committees set up yet. There's not not a committee set up yet, Mm -hmm. but there are talks of one happening. So I presume it's got to do with, you know, the COVID situation Mm -hmm. that. So I'd say in the coming weeks, there will be one set up. And is that something that interests you? Well, I'd have no problem doing it. It's just that like I'm out of work over the pandemic. So I'm hoping to go back to work in May and June. My hours are flexible-ish, you know, mm-hmm. one week I could be working days, one week I could be working nights. So if that was okay for people to, you know, for the cooperative to understand that the way I kind of work, then I and that I can fit in the time, then I have no problem doing it. Right. So your co-op was developed by Cooperative Housing Ireland. Can you tell us a little bit more about them? Yeah, well, the CEO, Kieran Brennan, is, is Kieran Brennan. Maria Butler is the housing specialist for Cooperative Housing in South Leinster. Between Carlow and Kilkenny, there is 178 houses with additional houses being built at the moment. Cooperative Housing Ireland is an approved housing body and work closely with various stakeholders in the housing sector, including local authorities, governments, tenants and developers to provide high quality homes across the country. Since its foundation in 1973, the organization has provided 6,000 homes through home ownership, shared ownership and social rented cooperatives. With its membership of democratically controlled local cooperatives, Co-op Housing Ireland, as well as providing a network of childcare services in their area and communities. So, so what else can you can you tell us about about your housing co-op? Like you you can decorate whatever, oh, yeah. what, however when, you like. Yeah, when we when we got the keys, it was basically an empty shell. There was no flooring or there was no built-in wardrobes, nothing like that. You got your, you know, we had your we we had the bath, shower, we had all the sinks, toilets. The, the tiles on the floors and the bathrooms were done. Mm-hmm. But there was no kitchen tiles or anything like that. So it was basically an empty shell. Mm. So when you were given the keys and you signed the contract, that was it. It was, you could decorate it whatever way you wanted it within reason. Do you know, right. um, if you wanted to build on an extension or anything, that wouldn't be a problem 
but as as long as you apply for you know application that you're permission to do it oh I see. Um, yeah so you were allowed to put down whatever tiles you wanted you were allowed to paint it whatever way you wanted it but you have to maintain it you know every three to five years they want you to redecorate it keep on top of the painting you know mm. make sure in and outside is nice the gardens are well looked after do you know it's it's common sense really do you know the way people should live you know yeah but isn't that a bit of a an expensive proposition though you like you had to you have to buy your own flooring do you have to buy your own appliances yeah. as well yeah but you see some people here like you know in the cooperative they'd be on the social welfare some people like um myself i was i was on the covid payment over the pandemic Mm-hmm. So you were able to apply to the local social welfare to for a grant. So thankfully, most of the people here, as far as I know, were able to get a grant from the social welfare in order to help with flooring and, you know, buying wardrobes and beds and things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and then so like when, you know, if you decide to leave, you know, a few years down the road, you, you just leave all of that behind? Do you get any, like, would you get any... Oh, no, no, no. No, obviously you're going to lose the the cost of, you know, your flooring and your tiles and things like that. Mm-hmm. But all the other things like, you know, your wardrobe, your beds, everything, you get to bring all those. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah. your furniture, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything that you own, you can bring with you, but obviously you're going to leave the floor and the tiles on the floor, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So what what did you feel like when, when you got the keys to, to your new co-op home? just a weight lifted off our shoulders when we got the keys for the home it was just like we didn't care that it was an empty shell we were like we just want to move in you know mm-hmm. uh, it was just a relief and excitement and we just kept busy by you know getting paint and getting flooring and a friend of, a good friend of mine was able to do tiles and flooring so we were kind of one of the first um families to move in out of the 22 premises that were handed out so we were one of the first families to move in because um, uh, a friend of mine started on a Monday evening the flooring and he was doing four to five hours each day and he finished up on a Saturday morning. So we basically, once he had upstairs um, floored, we had all of our all of our belongings upstairs moved in and once he finished downstairs, we moved in downstairs. So within six days of six or seven days of getting our keys, we were in. Well, that's pretty fast. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, we, we came we came from a bad situation, so it was just like we rushed, you know. Yeah, we were. You just want to get out of there. Day and night, moving day, things day and night, and my partner's dad then as well. Like he was able to get um a van, so we were just moving um the child's you know trampoline and things as well, you know. So it was just like we wanted to have a happy life, so it's moving quicker to have it, you know. Mm-hmm. And how has the the pandemic? affected like life in 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 the housing co-op like are you like talking to your neighbors uh, oh yeah well, we're, ta- we're talking to the neighbors and everything but obviously you know you're keeping your distance you're keeping a few feet away um it's kind of harder for the kids both the kids like when they go outside to play like they're on their bikes so they're just kind of cycling past each other they're not like hands-on they're not you know they're keeping their distance and they're just cycling around on their on their bikes or their scooters Mm-hmm. So, but, but on the days that it's nice and fine, everybody's out, you know, we're talking and everything, but obviously we're keeping our distance. Mm-hmm. You know, today is the, the first year anniversary of the announcement of the pandemic. Absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. I know. Can like, 
we never, like I never imagined a year ago that we would still be in this situation a year later. Yeah. Well, sure. Everybody thought it was only going to be this thing that was going to be lasting four to six weeks. Yeah. Four to six weeks. Wow. Yeah. We were pretty optimistic, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that's affected your, your work. You're, you're, you're a chef. Yeah, I'm, so you're... Yeah, I'm a chef in a well-known hotel here in Carlo. And, um, yeah, we obviously you can't eat in or outside at the minute, but you can take you can get food to take away. So there was just too many chefs to do, you know, because it, it would be a lot quieter. So people with families or more so the females got to had the choice to go and stay with their kids, you know, because the schools were closed and everything. Mm-hmm. So someone from each household had to stay at home. So it was a case of more so the women got to more so the women got to do what they wanted and we all got to stay home you know mm-hmm. but nobody thought like because like I was off for the first pandemic then the second one I got to work and then this is our third pandemic here you know level five in Ireland mm-hmm. so I finished up at 2 p.m on Christmas Eve and it looks like that I won't be back until May June at earliest that's a long break yeah and are there are there people getting vaccines yet they, they're doing the over 85s, 85 and over at the moment. Um, there seems to be a shortage and problems. They were hoping to have nearly the whole country done by midsummer, But it looks like they'll be lucky now to have all the over 85s done by the end of, uh, the end of March. Um, it's on the headlines now where they're having trouble getting some of the vaccines. So I think there's this deal with the Johnson & Johnson's one. So it might hurry things up. But I think most of the population will have to be vaccinated before the country can, you know, properly start opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's, uh, we just have to be patient and uh, <laughs> just wait our turn. Yeah, it's going to be a long time before I get my vaccine anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. So you'll be going back to work in June. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if this summer is anything like last summer, it eased up a little bit. So it should, you know, even without, you know, the all everyone being vaccinated, it, it should be eased up a little bit by then. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. So you said there's about 20, 20 houses in... 20 houses were given out um, in January and there was two apartments. And right now they're in the middle of building another 18 houses, which are two, three and four bedroomed houses. So where I'm located in the estate is at the very, very back, but at the entrance of the estate on one side, they're building 10 houses and on the other side, they're building 18 houses. Okay. So, so your house, your, your co-op is growing already. Yeah. It surely is. And like on the other side of Carlow Town then as well, they have more houses that are almost finished as well. I don't really know too much about that area in Carlow, where the houses are. It's kind of a border. So half of them will be County Leash and half of them will be County Carlow, but they are cooperative housing as well. Oh, I see. Okay. And and are, were there like other, maybe more like older, more established housing co-ops in, in Carlow before? Or are these the, the first yeah. ones? No, no, there is more cooperative ones as well. There's a place called Fruit Hill Manor in Grey Cullen and Carlow. Um, they're cooperative housing as well. Not all of them. It's, I think half of them are private maybe and half of them are cooperative. But um, this is this uh, cooperative housing is not new to Carlow. They have um, other premises. 
and are are people's rents being subsidized by the government? How do, how does that work? No, how the rent is based is basically I, I presume it's different for everybody. It's kind of a certain amount of money is not taken into consideration. I think it's something like maybe for 60 or 70 euros is not taken into consideration. Thereafter, it's like, um, I think it's 18 to 20 percent of mm-hmm. your wage then is that's how they calculate it. Kind of 20 percent of your earnings after. So they're actually very fair because with me being on the pandemic means that I'm on less money than what I normally would be if I was working. So they have put, they have based my rent on the COVID pandemic. Mm -hmm. So when I go back to work, then I will tell them I'm back to work and then they can readjust it, you know, to pay that little bit more. But while I'm on the pandemic, I'm paying Mm -hmm. a little bit less, you know? Yeah. So, so your rent is based on, on your income. So if your, if your income goes up, then your rent goes up. And if your income goes down, your rent goes down. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what if people aren't working at all? Like they're not earning anything. Well, I suppose like I, I was never in that situation, but I, I presume like if people are not working and they're on the social welfare, then it will be based on their social welfare uh, money then as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And then so who's responsible for for the maintenance of, of the co-op and, you know, cutting the grass and, you know, just like cleaning and all that? Yeah, well, we, ha- we have to look after the cleaning ourselves. Like, you know, we have to make sure our bins and the front of our area has to be clean the back our back gardens and everything has to be clean do you know like mm-hmm. if there's rubbish outside if there's a piece of litter or anything on the on the road or anything like it's just common sense don't leave it there just pick it up you know mm-hmm. um they do have some now i have i it's been so rainy since we've actually moved in it hasn't i think there's been like about six days where it hasn't rained since we've moved here and we haven't seen anyone cut the grass yet but <laughs> i do I, I i do know because like it's, it's, a, it's a brand new estate so we don't really have you know big trees or anything at the moment it's all kind of you know young trees mm-hmm. so it's just a case of waiting for the grass to grow waiting for the trees to grow but like we do know that there is somebody that will be doing the grass and uh, the maintenance you know outside mm-hmm. that will be after but um we just haven't met the person or seen the person yet because it's not hot it's winter nothing is really grown at the moment you know Right. And what was on, on the land before? Do you, do you know? Like, was it just an empty plot of land? Just empty plot of land. All right. Was it farmland? Possibly. Possibly. No, because like just down the road a little bit, like it, there would be kind of like farmland. So I'd say it was probably farmland at one stage. Mm-hmm. And is there public transportation nearby, like buses and or train? To be honest with you, 10 minutes. 10 minutes walk to get into you know the town center there is oh, trains and buses but not from this estate into town because we're so close to town you know right but like if you want to go to dublin or kilkenny or waterford there is buses there is trains there's all those things you know mm-hmm. and how close are you to dublin i'm about 45 to 50 minutes drive from dublin city center depending on traffic 45 minutes left mm-hmm are you closer to Kilkenny? Oh, Kilkenny is about 15, 20 minutes down the motorway. Okay. Is that where the Blarney Stone is? No, that, that, that is down in Kerry. On Kerry. Oh, right. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been over to Ireland. <laughs> I'm originally from Limerick, so I know that side of town. Oh, right. Okay. So do you still have family in Limerick? Yeah, my brother and everybody is still in Limerick, yeah. 
All right. So is there anything else that uh, that you want to tell us about the housing cooperative? Any any parting uh, words of, of wisdom? Like, would you recommend it to, to people to, to consider living in a housing co-op? I would definitely recommend people to live in a housing co-op. I have friends that have, work, uh, that have lived and are still living in cooperative housing in Carroll. They have been very happy, no problems down through the years. If there's any issues, they just speak to the manager of the cooperative, you know, if there's ever a problem. Um, I would definitely recommend it. The cooperative people have said, if there's any issues, call them. If there's any problems, you know, like with plumbing or water problems, get onto them. There's no, there's no, never any issue. We have one, we had one issue with the heating upstairs one day and we rang and somebody was out on the same day, Do you know? Mm-hmm. So they're quick and prompt if there's any problems with the house. And, but they, they, they've also have put it out there that if there's any issues in the housing estate itself, don't let it go, just get onto them and they will solve the problem. So you have that safety and the security, and I can't acknowledge it any more than that, you know, that there is somebody there at the end of the phone. And it's a lovely area and the cooperative has been brilliant so far. You know, I like a money, a money in the cooperative housing still going on for the month, or has been brilliant and there has been no issues. Well, that's good to hear. Well, thank you very much, Emma, for sharing your, your story with us today. And uh, really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to talk about, you know, what it's like to live in, in a housing cooperative in, in Ireland. And uh, best of luck with, uh, you know, getting through uh, the rest of the pandemic and uh, hope you get to go back to work, uh, you know. Well, before, before June, if uh, if things improve, when, when I go back, it's going to be it, it's going to be like I never left. You know? Yeah, like riding a bike. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, and and good luck with uh, you know with your with your daughter in in school and uh, you know and and uh, and growing up in in a housing co-op. She's she's very lucky. Uh, I wish more children would uh, would have that opportunity. So I hope that uh, that she enjoys it too. Thank you for listening to this latest episode of Co-op Conversations. We hope that it provided a better understanding of what life is like in a housing co-op. If you're interested in finding out more, you can visit us at housinginternational.coop. We feature many stories and resources on our website with useful tools, studies, and articles on topics ranging from governance to finance to sustainability and so on. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, where we like to share stories and good practices of co-op housing around the world. If you want to find out about housing cooperatives in your region, we suggest that you do an online search for co-op housing along with the name of your city, and hopefully something will come up. Thanks again for listening. I would also like to thank our sound technician, Todd LeBlanc, who also lives in a housing co-op in Vancouver, Canada. Thanks for listening.